We are back on a Tuesday, yeah. but I still think it's Monday. The good news is Friday will be here a day sooner than it was last week. All right. Not really, but you know what I mean. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley. Uh, that's Holly. Uh, Josh is with us today. Colleen will be back on Thursday. Now, Holly, it has been a rip roaring seven weeks of trial involving one Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. There's a suit. There's a countersuit. There's stuff. There's It's happened. It's shaking. We've been talking about it. Well, guess what? What? I'm back. Bradley so, Trainer, Team Cobra legal correspondent, is back on the scene. It's true. Uh, okay, so here's what I know. On Friday, you may not remember because it was a long holiday weekend, Lots was happening. Uh, the jury went to uh, the jury went to trial. The trial went to the jury. See how I'm a legal expert. And now they're deliberating. They went to deliberate. I think about two o'clock uh, local time. Remember, they're in Virginia on Friday, and uh, then completed their jury duties. Jury, they stopped doing stuff on Friday evening without having come to a decision. And I can tell you what's what's happening now, but maybe if you wouldn't mind, because I, even though technically I'm the legal correspondent mm-hmm. for the Colleen and Bradley show, um, would you mind catching listeners up with a thumbnail, a brief thumbnail of what is really at the heart of this case? What is the main thing the jury is trying to figure out? Ooh, well, the jury is trying to figure out whether or not an op-ed that Amber Heard wrote that was published in the Washington Post defamed Johnny Depp. Yep. You got it. That's what they're trying to figure out. Absolutely. So, you know, did did she defame Johnny Depp in that uh, editorial? Which, by the way, who wrote the editorial? Do you remember? I mean, it was kind of like the ACLU. It was kind of like yeah. the ACLU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they like wrote it and she like ghost wrote it for her. Anyway, so that's the main thrust of the case. But then there's a countersuit. Um, because, you know, Amber is suing Johnny Depp for essentially ruining uh, her career. Now, that is what the jury was tasked with dealing with when they uh, were let go on, well, not let go, when they were sent about their way on Friday afternoon. Well, then, like I said, Friday night, they're done. And there was a holiday weekend, so they were dismissed until? Today, which is Tuesday. And uh, we don't have a verdict yet. No, but it could come today. We don't know. Uh, It might not come today. It might come tomorrow. And if it doesn't come tomorrow, it might even come the next day. Who knows? And so on and so on. And for those of you legally uh, uh, ignorant and, you know, look, I get it. Not all of you have had the chances that I've had to not go to law school. I didn't go to law school. I have no legal training whatsoever. My point is, we don't know when this jury is going to come back. And I imagine that we're all, most people are just ready. I think most people have gotten to the place. I know I can speak for myself when I say, I am in a place now where I am ready for this jury to render a verdict so that we can all be done thinking about the dog going to the bathroom in the bed. Here, here. Et cetera, et cetera. As much as it has been a source of humor to talk about the turd in the bed, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. We're juvenile. Yeah, well. we, we, we like a good joke like that. <sighs> Especially when you're dealing with such disgusting issues writ large. Like, there's so much heavy in yeah. this case. Yeah. And 
looking forward to the emotional release of not having to care about this anymore. Because if not for, you know, being here, everything entertainment, it would be one of those things, personally for me, I would give an eyeball at the Amber Heard Johnny Depp defamation trial and I'd be like, okay, I will be a casual observer. Instead, we as a society, have been sucked into this case for the past seven weeks in ways that, I, quite frankly, I didn't really anticipate. I didn't either. And, you know, that, that's saying something, because for those of us who talk about this this kind of thing on a regular basis, whether it's, um, you know, celebrity uh, legal stuff, like we've been here before, right? right. Lawsuits, um, criminal cases, trials, like none of this is new, in fact, and we'll be talking about some other legal issues uh, and allegations facing other actors. So none of that is new. No. But I think what you're hinting at, I would also sign off on, which is this is a deg- this story reached a degree um and a gosh, just an intimacy with individual people that I would not have expected uh more than a- any other case has in a very long time. You know, it it is reaching that level of celebrity trial like OJ Simpson. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of other ones now, but I really think that's like, you know, I think we're reaching that level when you pass people on the street and they're talking about this trial, you're like, oh, okay, so we're not the only ones that are, you know, mildly obsessed with this case. Yeah. And not only do people have opinions, Bradley, about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, they have strident, strong opinions a lot of people one way or the other in this case that that's fascinating considering that there are a lot of nuances legal nuances in this case and it's and everyone has put on their legal expert cap not only Bradley have you not graduated from law school True. and have a law opinion but True. so do a lot of other people well you know especially since the last couple of years we've all gotten our you know degrees in public health mm-hmm. um, degrees in political science yep degrees in cultural um, studies like uh, literally we've all had educations or feel entitled to them and use them on social media right yeah can I ask you I don't want to put you on the spot if you guys are just joining us we're talking about the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial and just to remind you this is a 50 million dollar lawsuit uh, that Johnny Depp is asking for in response Amber Heard through her attorneys asked for a hundred million. Although when they did go to the jury in closing arguments, her team was like, you don't have to give us a hundred million. We just want to make a point. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, But now we're currently waiting for the, the jury to come back. There are seven people by the way, in this jury and they have to come to a unanimous decision. Some trials don't need that. This one does. And they are going to be deciding both the claim and the counterclaim at the same time. So we're going to know a lot when the jury finally comes back. But Mm -hmm. back to you. I don't mean to put you on the spot too much. But why do you think this trial versus any of the other legal wranglings with celebrities we've seen in a very long time gets people's attention and 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 and. Yes. Garners such strong, strident opinions by people who don't typically follow celebrity gossip entertainment news. Right. That this Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial has become a phenomenon on TikTok. Yeah. On a platform that is used by kids. Yeah. And that they have strident opinions on this trial is fascinating to me. That being said, it's like, what is it about Johnny Depp by all means He's a movie star that your mom thought was hot 20 years ago. Yeah. And I can't explain why this case in particular 
has become a phenomenon with demographics across the board. Do you run into people in your own lives? In your own lives? How many lives do you have, Holly? Seven. Shirley McLean here? Mm -hmm. No, in your own life, how many? Do you run into people who have uh, strident opinions about this case or just offer opinions? Like when they find out where you work, for example, they're like, what do you think about this Johnny Depp Amber Heard business? Yeah, people ask. And I also see it being reflected on social media where people comment about things in, in such a in such a confident way, that in such absolution, where that is fascinating to me. Also, I think it kind of goes along with the with the world of celebrity and the world of this not having this being low stakes in people's personal life, meaning the outcome of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard lawsuit is not going to affect affect you or me or anybody really listening to this uh, in in a really personal level. But then you can also have an opinion on it. And there's going to be no consequences for that yeah. opinion. It's yeah. super low and stakes. And we kind of talked a little bit about that last week, yeah. right? Like you, you have this low stakes story. I mean, for us, it's low stakes. For yeah. most people, it's low stakes, right? Right. Amidst a world where there's a lot of high stakes stuff going on. Yeah. Like all, and we've talked about this, how, you know, science, actual science says that people are more engaged on this story mm-hmm. than any of the top five other stories that actually have a direct impact or perceived direct impact on our lives. Yeah, you brought the receipts for that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. More than COVID, more than inflation, more than how the president's doing, more than the war in Ukraine. People are engaged on this story. Well, and also, Bradley, thinking about that, you bringing up the receipts that this story, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation trial, is literally being talked about and discussed more than the hard news of the day. It speaks to the fact that it is such a rarity these days that we have something collectively as a culture that we can all talk about together. Mm, we, I like this. Okay. Yeah. All right. We know what's happening. We have seen the trial unfold. We all have fat evidence mm-hmm. that has been presented by both sides in front oh, of us. I like this. Okay. Yeah. This is interesting. And You're you, saying, are you arguing that this is a story that people can engage on without sort of choosing quote, sides in a way that we do are uh, as a culture right now on the major issues of the day that I don't know, doesn't allow us to talk to each other very well. Yeah. And there's also a singular narrative unfolding in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard lawsuit, meaning we're all watching the same trial footage. We are all being presented with the same evidence. And it is rare in 2022 that we are all looking at the same that we are all looking at the same thing. Holly. This is like the finale of MASH times 100. So this is something that literally, you know, grabs us all. It is interesting, though, in that, and I totally, totally agree. It is interesting that I do see, I don't even know what I want to say, because I've seen some common themes in the conversations people are having, and they don't all make me happy. No. In terms of, like, the way oftentimes people have talked, just the people I interact with have talked about Amber Heard, sort of just kind of writing her off in a way or I don't know. I think that's maybe because we are sitting in a different position. Most people, though, to your point, are getting the same story, watching the same trial footage, watching the reading the same stories about X, Y, and Z, and then they have something they can talk about with their coworkers, mm-hmm. talk about with their friends, yep. talk about at the gym. Um, and then you know everybody can sort of devolve into their own you know whatever particular area of interest. That's right. I like this, Holly. Okay. So this is a story we can all agree on, which is weird because <laughs> at the heart of it is a yeah. vi- is a very serious set of allegations. Right. And 
was full of seven weeks of toxic, toxic testimony. Yeah, when you so get you're into saying it, it's tough. that the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial is bringing us together in a way that only 2022 could with the most toxic story of the year. Yes. So, oh, okay. Well, guess what? What? It's not ending anytime soon, and we will, you know, we'll break some news if we need to. If the jury comes back, of course, Lori and Julia would do the same. Here on my talk, we got you covered. So, if you hear that there's a verdict, in tune to my talk. And when we come back, Holly's going to have the latest on more of the top stories of the day right here on my talk 107.1. You know, I don't know if he's back in the United States or not, but it's just a hop, skip, and jump over the pond okay. to get to London in the United Kingdom. And he was yeah, over in Virginia. Virginia, right? Yeah, it's exactly. I bet there's some nonstop flights what that you, you can get. Do you think that's an intentional flex to be like, I'm going to go perform? Yeah. I mean, you can't. Uh, I feel like that is very intentional. You're stepping out on stage. You're Johnny Depp. Yeah. You know the world is watching you. And so you're sending signals, even whether you intend to or not, about your current state of mind, your current mood, perhaps. Notice that we haven't seen anything out of Amber Heard. It's not like she was, you know, partying at, uh, I don't know, wherever you party at in Virginia these days. Yeah, I don't don't know. Or going anywhere else for that Mm -hmm. matter to party. On Jeff Beck's website, Depp is referred to as Jeff Beck's unexpected co-conspirator, adding that they had been working on music together for a while now. And Jeff Beck added on the website at one point in time, you'll be hearing more from Johnny and me in a little while. But until then, you know, here you go. Did you mention their song together? It was like 2020, right? So they've had, yeah, they so have they, a history. Yes, they have a history together. They uh, did a take on the John Lennon track, Isolation. But, you know, I think that there is something to be said about Johnny Depp taking the stage at a time when the jury is deliberating on this case that has uh, uh, captured the attention of the world. I I, I just believe, I, and I have no idea how this trial is going to play out in the hands of the jury, but I just have to believe that Johnny feels vindicated in some way, regardless of what the jury's verdict is, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's just been an opportunity to... <sighs> cynically, I'm just going to say, like, perhaps muddy the waters enough about his image and people's opinions about his image that, you know, he could see this as a success regardless of what ultimately, you know, a legal jury decides. Yeah, because Bradley, you and Colleen and myself, we've had conversations about, yes, there's the actual legal trial that's happening uh, in a courtroom, but then there's also the court of public opinion. Yes. And those are two very different things. They sure are. (laughs) And so Johnny Depp... By the way, if I ever... Uh, need a jury, I want uh, a jury jury, not the court of public opinion. Yeah, an actual jury that has (laughs) been selected uh, through the jury selection process. You got your number, you were called, you went to the courthouse, you got vetted. Please and thank you. Hey, I know what a lot of all you guys were doing this weekend. What? What? How do you know what I was doing? That's weird. You were in a dark room watching Tom Cruise on the big screen. Well, maybe not you, Bradley, but a lot of folks, a lot of people, a lot of people went to see Top Gun Maverick over the weekend. How many? 
Uh, I don't know how many people, but the movie made an estimated $156 million wow. domestically in its four-day opening weekend. <laughs> that Okay, so clearly this movie has done what they said it was going to do in the, in the opening weekend. It exceeded expectations. Early estimates were saying that Top Gun Maverick was going to make maybe 80 to $100 million at the box office. It made $156 million just in North America alone. And this is the biggest Memorial Day weekend at the box office ever in the history of major motion pictures. Also, Tom Cruise's biggest opening in his over 40-year career. That's insane. I mean, this really, again, of of the very few things we can all agree on, this movie apparently has uh, united people to a common response, which is, I want to see this movie! I want to see jet planes flying and doing things and... Yeah, I have. Obviously, I haven't seen it. I was going to say, go. did you not? You just didn't want to brave the crowds or something. Uh, not it, your cup of tea. Why? Why didn't you go? Well, it's on my dance card, Bradley. Oh, okay. So you would see it. I would totally see this in the movie theater, and, and maybe at some point I plan to. But gotten out of the habit of going to the movie theater, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. But do you think that this conversation, though, this type of you know response initially is going to then? I mean. This is a rhetorical question because I know the answer, but that this will drive a lot of people who maybe were hesitant to just go see a movie, period, to find themselves, uh, you know, butts in seats. Yeah, clearly the numbers indicate that people were very intrigued by Top Gun Maverick, that it's a known entity. Tom Cruise is a known entity. And the word of mouth was really good about this movie. So it was enough to drive people who don't normally go to the movie theaters to step back into that space in a way that they haven't in years And maybe, you know, I think that Hollywood is hoping that people are going to stay with the habit because we got a lot of summer tentpole movies that are going to be coming out soon. The next Jurassic Park movie. I can't wait. Is coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, We've got Buzz Lightyear, the movie. We've got uh, we've got a lot of these big movies and they want those bottoms in the seats. I forgot about the uh, Buzz Lightyear origin. Well, it's not really origins. I guess it's an origin story, right? Yeah. yeah. Voice story. Yeah, featuring Chris Evans as the voice of Buzz Lightyear. We got a lot of big movies coming out this summer, and Hollywood hopes that you go and see them, and if it's any indication, Top Gun Maverick, people people are ready. Well, if you are not in the theater right now, I encourage you to stick around, because Holly's going to bring us some juicy bits of gossip with the names left out. We call them blind items, and she's going to wade us through them right here on My Talk 107.1. Now it's time to get to that gossip. With our good friend Holly in a little segment we call Blinded by the Item. Blinded by the Item. Hoo-wee! We've got some celebrity gossip mysteries to solve, Bradley. I know you're well-rested. Put my glasses on so oh. I can feel smart. He's ready. Because <laughs> it's just me today, and you got to really... <sighs> good luck working with this brain. But I'm going to try my best for your juicy bits of gossip. Okay, try this one. All right. The significant other of this A-plus list singer said this weekend that he had not spoken to the A-plus list singer in over three weeks. What kind of relationship is that? What kind of relationship? (laughs) Uh, Okay, no, I I appreciate the enthusiasm. So we're talking about an A-list singer? An A-plus list singer. A-plus list. Oh. Oh. Is this Adele? No. Buzz yourself. (laughs) So, female singer, a plus list singer, uh, yes, who's in a relationship. And did you describe the the uh, significant other? No, they are just a significant other, and they c- clearly haven't been together for three weeks. Well, that's what the significant other said. Which, if you think about it, is not particularly shocking. 
considering what we speculate about these two. Oh, mm, yeah, it's a good thing Colleen's not here today. Taylor Swift. Ding. And who's her significant other? Joe Alwyn. Yes. So Joe Alwyn said this weekend that he hasn't spoken to Taylor Swift in over three weeks. Yikes. Not surprising to me, uh, but, you know, to Swifties, perhaps a little surprising. Yeah. They keep their relationship low key. And by low key, they keep it non-existent. <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, that's beyond low key. Yeah. Like, be- low key is like, I, you know, maybe don't text Jamie before I get home from the gym on a particular day. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, low key is not three weeks of like, hey, where are you? Yeah. What's going on? Okay. Yeah. All, right. All right. So, Taylor Swift, Joe Alwyn. You know, I, I and again, Colleen is not here to defend uh, her her Taylor Swift, but but I think the publicationship writing has been on that wall for a while. It's totally been on the wall for the while. Uh, Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn they do this thing. Well, now Taylor Swift doesn't really do it, but Joe Alwyn has been doing some interviews, and the way that he handles it is just like. I want my personal life to be personal, but I'm going to sit down with this uh, with you to give you a profile so that you get to know me, but only certain parts of me. Yeah, because respect my privacy, but I'm going to tell you everything. Yeah, I'm going to tell you things, but I'm going to tell you I'm not telling you things. Yes. By telling you things. Yes. Okay, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, should we do another one? Let's. I'm ready to go. Okay, you've got Brad- crossed. Bradley's got his glasses on. He's SMRT smart. Smart. (laughs) Smart. smart, uh, Let's solve this. Okay. All right. Now, this isn't that much of a blind item. It's a little old Hollywood. Okay. I do like old Hollywood. Uh, So kind of shocked about this. This permanent A-list actress offspring of a permanent A-list actor isn't thrilled to have the world discover that she enjoyed partner swapping while (laughs) married. Oh. So a famous offspring partner swapped. Yeah. Is this famous uh, offspring still with us? Yes. Is she famous in her own right? Or, I mean, has an independent career? A very independent career. Is she more famous than her parents? Arguably, no. I would say equal. But depending on who you ask. Uh, I would say Lucy Arnaz. Buzz for you. (laughs) (laughs) Bradley. Not that old old Hollywood. Uh, Actually, yes. Contemporary? Contemporary. Sean Astin? No, it was Uh. not the Adams family's John Astin that was the the, the swinger. Okay. Um, No, but Bradley. Oh, the parents were the swingers? No, this, the offspring was a swinger, but you're in the right neighborhood considering that the offspring, their parent, was an old Hollywood superstar. Oh. Classic Hollywood superstar. Uh, uh, like, it, narrow it down for me. Uh, what, like, movie? Like, uh, like MGM? Like, give me something. How would um, I know this person? You would know this person. They won an Academy Award later on in their life. They start... Oh, uh, oh, mm, mm, mm. Jane Fonda? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. You got Henry there. Fonda. Henry Fonda, who won an Oscar for On Golden Pond, in which he starred with his daughter Jane back in the day. Now, this blind item, not surprising, because it's just saying that Jane Fonda 
is not thrilled to have the world discover she enjoyed partner swapping while married. But I thought it was kind of a known secret that when she was married to Roger Vadim that they like to kind of, you know. I don't even know. I don't remember Roger Vadim in the mix. So you're going to have to educate me. Well, he was the director of Jane's movie Barbarella. Oh, yeah. Okay. Kind of sexy swinging in space. Yeah. Duran Duran. Okay. Yeah. All right. We got there. That was not. Okay. I, you know, fumbled a little bit in the beginning, but I got there. That's okay. Let's go to another one. Let's do it. Let's solve another Mm -hmm. celebrity gossip mystery. Which A-list singer slash former tweener who recently got a big movie role is about to get another big movie? She's rumored to be voicing this classic cartoon character in a long gestating feature film. Several streaming services are in a bidding war for this movie. Okay, I have a guess, but I don't know if that guess is correct. Well, which yeah. is good because you're here with the actual answer. As best as um, I can, because this mm, is not confirmed, mm, but we mm. must speculate. It, so she was in a movie before. She has now been cast in a very high profile movie. And what oh. this blind item is suggesting, not only does she have that job, oh. but she's going to be the okay. voice of an upcoming classic cartoon character. Okay, so my initial guess clearly was wrong, and that was Camilla Cabello. No. Buzz for you. Because she was already in Cinderella. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So she's cast in a super big role. Yes. And it's an adaptation of a very popular Broadway musical. Oh, I feel like this is on the tip of my tongue and I should know this instantly, but I don't. But it is which musical? <laughs> okay. You're looking at me dead in the face. It's um, very popular. People like it a lot. Uh, uh, oh. It's based off of uh, characters that have been on the big screen before in many different iterations, including but not limited to a very famous 1939 major motion picture. Oh, Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I don't remember who was rumored to be in uh, Wizard of Oz. So. Wicked. Wicked. Yes. It's not Zendaya. No. Stinky barbecue finger. Oh, Ariana Grande. Yes. Not only is she cast in Wicked, Bradley, but I'll fill in the blank. Some people speculating that she's going to be the voice of maybe a Betty Boop type of character. What? But that is weird. Look, Betty man. Betty Boop? I have no idea, Bradley. These are just the speculations. Okay, but These no, that's interesting. Gossip. So you're saying that uh, the, the uh, Ariana Grande who will be in Wicked, and I did forget that, because who else is going to be in that? Cynthia Arrivo. That's right. Um, yes. So, Betty Boop? Ah, people were... Would that be like a cartoon adaptation? Like, what would... Well, that's what NT Lawyer is saying, although I do wonder where the, the crowds are clamoring to see an update on that cartoon. I know, I don't feel like that aged well. Yeah. I don't don't even remember what Betty, you know, like Betty Boop is so iconic, but I couldn't tell you like her backstory. Uh, She's chased by things. (laughs) She's friends with a dog. Okay. The length of her skirt gets adjusted. I mean, all of these things apply to me, but so far I'm not sure (laughs) what sets Uh, her apart. All right. I got one more. You got a quickie? All right. We're actually coming into the 21st century, 2022. Here's a blind item. Dear reality show competition judges, do not sleep with a contestant on the oh. show. It will get you fired mm. and in a lot of trouble. 
Oh, gosh. So it's just one or it's like the show. They're all sleeping with people. Well, it is a judge, former judge, I should say, on a reality television show that was dismissed over the weekend. Dismissed? The person was dismissed or the show? The person. Oh, gosh. Where was I? Not paying attention to this story. No. Okay. So (laughs) reality show, was it like an American Idol experience? No. Uh, It has to do with fancy footwork. Oh, Dancing with the Stars? Not quite. Strictly ballroom? No. Uh, So you think you can dance? Ding. And somebody just tweeted, that's Panda, Matthew Morrison? Ding for Panda. (gasps) What? How did I miss this story? Breaking news. Well, over the weekend, Matthew Morrison was fired from judging on So You Think You Can Dance over failure to follow show's production protocols. And what NT Lawyer is saying, according to the blind item, is that Matthew Morrison was fired from the show because he hooked up with one of the contestants. I feel like we've heard about him before. He, Matthew Morrison. Yeah. Is kind of looped into yeah mm, yeah yeah some other like conspiracy theory blind item stuff right yeah like maybe perhaps he was uh, in the same circles as Brian Singer Brian Singer yeah all right you're gonna have to Google that in the break you guys because we don't have time but Holly thank no. you so much for all those juicy bits of gossip with the names left out those blind items we love so much now mm-hmm. when we come back. You are just doing the work today, girl. You are doing the heavy lifting because you watched some stuff over the weekend not called Top Gun. Mm-mm. And you're going to tell us about it when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show on the My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. And Holly is uh, a watcher of things. She watched some actual television this weekend and she would like to tell us about it in a little segment we like to call Here's What We're Watching Live. You, you guys watch that television show together, don't you? Don't you, don't you? Team Cobra presents Here's, Here's What We're Here. Watching Live. What you watching? Oh, Bradley. Did you watch Top Gun? No, I didn't watch Top Gun. What? Everybody watched Top Okay, Except for me and you. <laughs> but we'll get to that we'll later to that. in the show. Uh, this, Bradley, is actually something that I caught the other weekend, but I haven't had a chance to talk about it. And it was something over on Disney Plus that delighted me in a very unexpected way. Oh, Disney delighted you in an unexpected way. Huh? Yeah, I, I never thought I would be saying that sentence. But here I am today to tell you that if you are a child of the 80s or the early 90s, you're going to want to check out the new movie, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Yeah. This one! This? Yeah! So there's a movie? There is a whole movie, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. It takes place in present day and it follows Chip and Dale, former stars of Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> As they have evolved in 2022, and they have to solve a mystery. Where did their friend Monterey Jack go? How did this, like, how I don't know anything about this, and how did you happen upon this, and why did you end up watching <laughs> this? Before we even get to what you thought of it. Oh, uh, so I saw a trailer for this, Bradley, a couple of months ago. But this is this is how you update something from your past. This is how you handle nostalgia in the way that Chippendale Rescue Rangers did. This is a comedy. This is plays for adults and for kids. Uh, Andy Samberg, 
uh, and John Mulaney are the voices of Chip and Dale. So they've kind of got, you know, the 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 comedy edge to them. Oh, yeah. This, this is why they were filling in for Jimmy Kimmel, I assume. Oh, probably. As a tag yeah. team. Because like, yeah. I saw that John Mulaney and Andy Samberg were hosting uh, Jimmy... Uh, Jimmy show because he was, I think, out with the COVID. Yeah. So and, that explains it. Yeah. Okay. And Disney is never one to miss an opportunity for synergy. Yeah. So they got Chip and Dale, John Mulaney, Andy Samberg to do the voices. Um, Will Arnett is the voice of a aged Peter Pan and among others. And I Peter Pan, Chip and Dale. How does that? Yeah. Well, think about this, Bradley. Do you remember the movie from the 80s? And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay, so I better have remembered it. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah, of course. That movie was, I remember sitting in the theater going, whoa, <laughs> you can do this with movies? Exactly. Because it was just such a weird, we hadn't had such a theatrical length version of this. I mean, there's been some like, you know, animation inside of a live action film before, but not to that level. So it was very transformative. yes. To answer your question, not briefly, I remember the movie. <laughs> so this is akin to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So it takes place in a human world where humans live side by side with animated creatures. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And so Chip and Dale were the stars of Chip and Dale Rescue Ranger, along with uh, Monterey Jack, among other people. And so they have to solve a mystery. Monterey Jack goes missing. Who was behind it? Chip and Dale, who played detectives on TV, decide in their real lives to solve this mystery. Got it. And, oh, yeah, so it, did it give you sort of Who Framed Roger Rabbit vibes? Oh, totally. Because there are so many different characters, Bradley, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit that you're like, Disney cut a check okay. to some people here because cartoons of all walks of life, all brands, they show up in Chippendale Rescue Rangers and they interact with each other in a delightful manner. Was it worth it? I mean, did it work? Yes. Yes. Surprisingly, I really liked this movie. And I didn't, I had no expectations and I watched it because I love movies like Who Framed Roger Rabbit that bring together different characters from different universes and then they collide and they have an adventure. I knew this was going to be like a little nostalgia trip, which... Not so much. Yeah, I mean, you know, I give her, I'm hot or cold on that on any given day. But this movie, and I can also see this translating to kids. So if you've got young kids and they're right in that zone, you can watch this. So it's maybe not as dark as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because even though oh. that was for kids, I just feel like there was a darkness to that movie in such a like bleak, cynical way that I'm grateful I got a little bit uh, of a taste of as a child, but it probably informed my world outlook in a way. So does it does it provide that sort of um, you know dual dual message for adults as well as kids? Sure. Well, it's not so bleak in as much as Who Framed Roger Rabbit was all about the decimation of public transportation and, and the interstate highway system coming in. Yeah. yeah. And also, Judge Doom is scary as all get out. Yeah. It, yeah. There was just a darkness to that yes. movie in a way that was d- different for an animated film. Yeah. There's, film. Yeah, there's a sinister element to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I would argue makes it all the better. Yeah. Chippendale Rescue Rangers has Probably some... less. Less so? Has some I just action. I don't feel like we're willing to allow kids to have that space. Which, you know... Which get, is fine. Fine. 
get off my lawn, though, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. There's something to be said about being terrified from Judge Doom, Christopher Lloyd, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit when his eyeballs pop out like daggers and he's coming after you. Yep. No, there's not that kind of action. There's not that kind of darkness in Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So you could probably sit, I would say, I'm a horrible judge of what is appropriate for yeah, children. The two of us talking about what's appropriate for children. Uh, you're welcome. Don't listen to us, please, and thank you. Uh, I think that, you know, a five or six-year-old, if your five or six-year-old can handle some light action, yeah. they'll be able well, to handle this. Clearly, it would have been designed for kids. Exactly. On some level. Yeah. I mean, you're not doing this otherwise, right? So, right. Okay, where did you watch this, by the way? I watched this on Disney+. Plus. Okay, so Disney+. Plus. Yes. Um, and you didn't have to pay for it? It's not one of those... It's a subscription. No, it's not a premium okay. service thing. So you didn't have to pay extra for that. But then while you're there, Chippendale Rescue Rangers is there for you to stream. And then Who Framed Roger Rabbit is there to stream, too. So it's kind of an, a fun way. If you get excited about certain things, you can go back and watch Disney Plus and you can use that as a point of reference for taking some deep dives. Who is your best uh, animated appearance? In, in Chippendale this? Rescue yeah. Rangers? Yeah. Uh, most, like surprise cameo or. There was a. Well, now it's going to get really now it's really obscure, but they managed to get this Robert Crumb cartoon. You know the alternative comics guy from the seventies. No. They even got one of his characters. Like who in would it. I? What would I know of him? Kind of like a keep on trucking kind of guy. Oh. Anyway, so it's all across the board. Okay. It's really fun. So they knew what they were doing when they put this film together. Exactly. For film buffs and kids alike. Thank you, Holly. No, thank you for that review. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. When we come back, Oreos on pizza? What? We're going to have to convene Pizza's Court right here on My Talk 107.